Have you ever heard of the term limiting belief? I'd honestly never heard those two words together until I went through training to become a coach. Now I help my time management clients blast through their limiting beliefs in order to unlock more productivity and intention in their lives than ever before. If you're like me and had never heard of this limiting belief thing, a limiting belief is a thought that one believes to be truth. It's an opinion, not a fact. And these limiting beliefs tend to have a negative impact on one's life by keeping them from moving forward or growing. So basically, it's something you believe that causes you to stay stuck. A belief that limits you. One of the limiting beliefs that I've struggled with throughout my life is this. I'm not good at resting. (laughs) Saying that out loud sounds a little ridiculous, but I'll bet that there are some Enneagram 3s or self-described high achiever, go-getter, or type A folks listening right now who are nodding their heads in agreement, or maybe even cringing a little because they've felt the same exact way at some point. I'm not good at resting. So as a result of having this limiting belief for so long, I've used it as an excuse to go, 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 to never stop moving and to always find just one more thing to do because, hey, I'm not good at resting and there's always just one more thing that can be done. But the thing is, rest is far too important to put on the back burner to shrug off, and we genuinely can't afford to not be good at rest. Our health and our lives depend on it. And if that's not enough to get you curious about how to be a better rester, your performance at work, in your business, making progress on your goals, your creativity, all of those things are counting on you to make time for rest too. Hey friends, And welcome to episode 72 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about being your best by getting enough rest. In this 24-7, hustle-till-you-drop world that glorifies burning the candle at both ends, pulling all-nighters, instant gratification, and being always on call, rest doesn't get the credit that it deserves as a key ingredient for peak performance. And don't just take that from me. I recently finished the book, Peak Performance, Elevate Your Game, Avoid Burnout, and Thrive with the New Science of Success by Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus. I added peak performance to my library a few years ago when it came my way as a gift for taking an online course about business finances. To be honest, the title didn't really speak to me. I assumed that when I opened it, it would be full of sports metaphors and science about, I don't know, athletes or something. So after I unpacked the box it shipped in, it sat untouched in the unread section of my bookshelf for a few years. So when I finally cracked it open in January, I did not expect rest to be at the core of the new science of success 
that the title mentions. But it was exactly what I needed to hear at the time because I was entering the third trimester of my second pregnancy, chasing a toddler, prepping for maternity leave, and trying to do everything I could just to keep moving instead of giving in to my perceived weakness and just getting some rest on the sofa. My body needed it. And yours does too, even if you're not chasing a toddler. So in this episode, I'm sharing four solid reasons why you need to give rest the attention it deserves. I'm going to talk about why rest is about way more than just getting enough sleep. And finally, you'll walk away with three different types of rest that you need in your life starting now. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. But don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, which can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 72. All right, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Rest does not get the credit it deserves when it comes to being a key ingredient in being our best selves. I mean, can you even imagine sitting in a job interview and being asked, so tell me about some of your strengths and responding with, well, I'm really great at resting. In fact, I consider rest to be just as important as hard work. It's very likely that in most interview scenarios, you'd get some weird looks. As a culture, rest has been looked down upon and the need for rest considered a weakness by many. There's an Elon Musk quote about working that I've probably shared before because it's so bananas. Granted, he said this in an interview back in 2010, and I haven't checked in with him to see if he's changed his tune, but either either way, this is what he said. If other people are putting in 40 hours a week and you are putting in 100, you will achieve in four months what it takes them a year to achieve. That's the type of work ethic an entrepreneur needs to have. Yeah, so that's not exactly how it works, especially if you want to, you know, avoid burnout, see your family and I don't know, live a somewhat normal life. And don't even get me started on the law of diminishing returns. But even if we aren't working 100-hour weeks, a lot of us just aren't getting the rest we need. CDC studies have found that one in three American adults aren't getting enough sleep. And by the way, enough equals seven to nine hours a night. When we don't get enough rest, and yes, there is more to rest than just sleep, but I'll get to that in just a bit. When we don't get enough rest, our health suffers, 
our creativity suffers, our ability to focus suffers, and we put ourselves on the fast track to burnout. So while there are a multitude of reasons why we need to prioritize rest, those are four solid reasons that we'll touch on in today's episode. Health, creativity, focus, and burnout. So let's start with health. When we don't get enough rest, we put ourselves at risk for health conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, stroke, and more. Not to mention drowsy driving results in 21% of fatal car crashes. That's about 6,000 fatal car crashes each year in the United States. So moving on to creativity. In order to be our best at work, or honestly in general, we need our creative juices to flow, even if you're not in what you would consider a traditionally creative role. Problem solving requires creative thinking. Collaboration, communication, persuasion, all of these skills require creativity in order to flourish, whether you're an artist or an accountant. Lynn manuel Miranda, and if you've been living under a rock, he's the guy that wrote Hamilton, songs from Moana. He's basically one of the most famous songwriters alive, so he knows a thing or two about creativity. <laughs> he said this, A good idea doesn't come when you're doing a million things. The good idea comes in the moment of rest. It comes in the shower. It comes when you're doodling or playing trains with your son. It's when your mind is on the other side of things. Studies have shown that over 40% of our creative ideas manifest during rest. Whether that rest is taking a 15-minute break, taking a vacation, or just staring into space for a few minutes. And by the way, if you're looking to dive deeper into the subject of taking breaks, make sure to listen to episode 42, Productivity's Secret Superhero, Five Ways to Take Better Breaks. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. So if you're in a role that calls for creativity, whether that's through problem solving, writing social media captions, negotiating business deals, marketing your business, or just planning crafts and activities for your kids, you're going to want to make sure that getting enough rest is on your to-do list too. So next, let's talk about focus. As much as I'm sure we wish we could be machines sometimes, we just weren't made to keep plugging and chugging until we knock out everything on our mile-long to-do list. Or maybe we had the superhuman energy to drink a cooler full of Dr. Pepper and pull all-nighters during finals week in college and somehow survive. But that's just not our reality anymore. At least not for me. Although I do miss that little Chi Omega cooler full of Dr. Pepper that I used to lug around study sessions. Anyway, we just weren't meant to maintain unlimited amounts of focus. A lot of times that looks like telling yourself, I'm not getting up from this spot until I finish this project. Or I'll take a break once I finally finish. And so you end up sitting there for hours trying to push through and then getting frustrated when you keep getting distracted and feel like you're running on empty. It's not you. It's that you need a break. Studies have shown that top performers across all fields, leaders, experts, whatever a top performer means for your industry, 
Basically, top performers are unable to sustain intense work and deep concentration for more than two hours. So next time you've been working on a report, prepping a contract, or been in intense writing mode for going on two hours and you try to push through, just don't. Take a break. One of my former time management coaching clients, Corinne, who you'll hear from in a few weeks, found that dropping everything and going for a walk was the solution to renewing her focus when she started hitting a wall on an intense work project. She'd walk away feeling foggy and sit back down feeling refreshed. Turns out, studies have shown that great performers generally work in chunks of 60 to 90 minutes, separated by short breaks. I know you've heard me talk about time blocking before, the act of scheduling your work into your calendar, just like you would a meeting, and this is another great example of why and how you can use time blocking to be your most productive. Schedule those time blocks for your intense work in 60 to 90 minute blocks and schedule in your breaks. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Okay, so let's talk about burnout. Burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. According to a recent study that I'll link in the show notes, 75% of people 
75% of people have experienced burnout at some point, and 40% have felt burnout during the pandemic in particular. In fact, reports of burnout nearly doubled from March 2020 to April 2020, when so many of us were in that transition phase to working from home. Are you in that number? Have you ever felt burnout or pandemic-induced burnout? And if so, you're definitely not alone, especially if you're a millennial. Burnout affects millennials the most, with 84% of millennials saying that they've felt burnout at some point. And while yes, there are a number of ways to combat burnout, one of the best ways to combat burnout is, you guessed it, getting enough rest. Okay, so quick recap of the four solid reasons why we need to get enough rest. And that's so we can be at our best when it comes to our health, our creativity, our focus, and to avoid burnout. And to borrow a phrase from my grandmother, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So now let's shift gears and take a look at three different ways to get the rest you need to be your best self. First, the obvious one, getting enough sleep. Second is taking breaks. And third is scheduling seasons of rest. First up, getting enough sleep. You're seven to nine hours a night. A few quick tips here that you can take and run with. Create an environment for good sleep. Put up blackout curtains in your room and cut out as much light as possible. We have the Quincy blackout curtains from Pottery Barn Kids in our bedroom, and we love them. Next, double down on the darkness and get yourself a sleep mask. A sleep mask has been one of the most inexpensive and simplest ways that I've improved my sleep in the last year, and I'll link mine in the show notes. Also, put your devices away at least two hours before bedtime four if you can swing it. The blue light emitted from your screens, even in nighttime mode, can mess with your melatonin levels, which messes with your sleep. Incredibly, blue light, depending on when we're exposed to it, can shift our internal clocks by up to six time zones. That's bananas. And finally, choose a caffeine cutoff point and stick to it. After some trial and error, I found that mine is 3 p.m. So if I want a good night's sleep, I cut off all caffeine at three o'clock. Next up, let's talk about taking breaks, stepping away from work to refresh and recharge, whether that's a walk around the block, a stretch break, or a social break with a friend. Taking a walk for at least six minutes can increase your creativity levels and decrease the negative effects of sitting. Even better if you take your walk outside because being in nature also enhances your creativity and decreases your stress levels. And if you take a break to chat with a friend, don't talk about work. Your brain won't register it as a true break and you won't reap the benefits. Same with using your break to scroll social media. Your brain will actually think you're still working defeating the purpose of taking a break altogether. If you want to take a social media break during lunch or during another pause in your day, set a timer 
get it out of your system, and then actually rest your brain. Let yourself think thoughts. (laughs) Okay, so I'm really excited about this third type of rest, what I'm going to call seasons of rest. To dive into this concept a bit further, sure, a season of rest could look like taking a vacation, an actual vacation where you don't do work. And it could also look like taking a sabbatical. I talked about sabbaticals in episode 70, which was about preparing to take extended time off. If you haven't listened to that one and you're not familiar with the term, sabbaticals are periods of extended time off typically used for learning or travel. But a season of rest doesn't have to look like not working at all. It could look like planning your work to include periods of intentional slowness or going medium for a few months instead of going hard all year long. Think about it like this. Football season is not year round. The players take breaks for rest and for training and then go hard week after week once the season kicks off. Same thing with baseball and basketball season. Even the Olympics are only every four years. The on-season is a period of intense work, giving it all you've got. But the off-season is rest, training, and prep for the next season. A lot of online business owners, course creators, and coaches create this cycle by designing an annual launch calendar that includes weeks with heavy content creation and marketing, followed by weeks in which they stop selling and focus on serving their clients. Creating a cycle of sell, serve, sell, serve throughout the year can keep you from getting burned out by being in sell, sell, sell mode all the time. Another example in a completely different industry. Let's say you work in nonprofit fundraising. By planning your year to include four big events, say one per quarter, you can strategically plan your busy seasons, say, planning for a major gala to be followed by a slower season, like ramping up to a virtual giving campaign that's still important, but a lighter lift in terms of work. For realtors, I understand that some months of the year are traditionally slow because of holidays and colder weather, and then things ramp back up in the spring. Take that slow season and let yourself rest so you can be revved up and ready to go when things heat up again. Planning for seasons of rest is going to look different for all of us as usual, especially if you're not the one setting the schedule. But I encourage you to let this concept marinate and get creative about how you can incorporate seasons of rest into your life. And when it comes to all three of these types of rest, getting enough sleep, taking breaks, and planning for seasons of rest, this is not multiple choice where you just pick one. All three of these types of rest need to be in your toolbox. And here's why. You can get nine hours of sleep each night, but if you don't take breaks while you work, your creativity and your focus will suffer. If you take plenty of breaks throughout the day, but your year as a whole is nonstop, barreling from one major project to the next without any breathing room, you're heading for burnout. And you can strategically plan your year so that periods of intense work are followed by rest. But if you're only getting five hours of sleep each night, 
your health is seriously going to suffer, not to mention your safety behind the wheel. All three of these pieces, sleep, breaks, and seasons of rest, work together to help you show up as your best self, your best rested self. So there you have it. If you want to be your best, you've got to rest. And it starts with smashing the limiting belief that you're not good at resting and making the decision to be intentional about your rest. And I challenge you to take action in one small way in the next week that's going to help you get one step closer to getting the rest you need. Whether it's ordering blackout curtains for your bedroom, shutting off your devices two hours before bed, scheduling your breaks during your day, or reworking your quarterly plan to include seasons of rest, I challenge you to take action in one small way. In our current 24-7 hustle-to-you-drop working culture, resting takes courage. Taking breaks takes courage. And planning for seasons of rest takes courage. But I know you can do it. I'd love to know the one small thing you're doing this week to prioritize rest. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let us know. You can find it in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 72. And before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 73, and I am so excited about this one. Episode 73 features a conversation with professional organizer Sarah West, owner of South Coast Organizers based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Back in February, our family moved to a new city and into a smaller house while I was 34 weeks pregnant. I was so afraid that we'd still be living out of boxes with a newborn. So I reached out to Sarah to help me unpack and get settled in time for our baby's arrival. During my conversation with Sarah, we talk about what it's really like to work with a professional organizer, how you can declutter and stay organized, and so much more. If you're in a spring cleaning, decluttering kind of mood, you definitely won't want to miss this episode with Sarah and all of her organizing wisdom. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.